Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. This week, another great guest to finish out our November. It's a November of women. We've had Vanita Sakar, Julia Daniels, Audra Martin, and today we have Katie Storm of Bally Sports North. I just adored this woman. I think you will too. So buckle up. It's going to be a great show. Welcome back to the Dawn of Sports. The star is Dawn Mitchell of Fox 9. You already know that. Today's guest, Katie Storm, a great person in the industry. Dawn and Katie are going to have a really nice chat about sports, sports journalism, and everything else uh, Minnesota-related later on. We're going to buzz through some topics here. First, though, I want to thank our sponsors, All Energy Solar and Rudy Luther Toyota and our producer, Brandon Morton. So, Dawn, uh, Let's hit the headlines. The Vikings lose a terrible Monday night game. And uh, in the postgame, I asked uh, asked Kevin O'Connell if he's thinking about a quarterback change, and he basically says yes. He thought about putting Nick Mullins in during this game. It sounds like he's leaning toward Jaron Hall when they come back from the bye. Josh Dobbs is a cool guy who is a great story, but there's a reason the great quarterbacks and even the good quarterbacks get paid tens of millions of dollars because it's hard to do it every week. It is. And, and I think I said even the, before in the pregame show at Denver, I said, you know, the honeymoon is over. Yep. Um, everyone can joke around, well, maybe he shouldn't practice and maybe he shouldn't even try to learn the plays, like just do what he did the first couple of games. But it's not sustainable. Like you said, um, these guys get paid a lot of money. And I loved the fact that you asked that question because I popped in after the locker room in when you asked that question. And I love the fact that Kevin O'Connell is so honest. And yeah. he's like, you know, he's very honest about it. And he says, I've got a lot of thinking to do. Um, during the bye week. And, and Jim, I personally think, and I could be wrong, this is not anything that I've heard from anyone, Justin Jefferson's going to weigh in on that decision. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if O'Connell seeks out his input. Yes, I mean, he, he's I a mean. big part mm-hmm. of the, yeah, he absolutely. He's a big part of the franchise. They want to know what he thinks. Uh, and I think that's modern coaching is, and, and you know what? It was, I can't even say it's modern coaching. You think, you think that uh, Vince Lombardi didn't talk to Bart Starr about decisions. You know I mean? It, it, yeah. The best good, coaches do. I right. think they do. I think they mm-hmm. absolutely do. And, I, and so I think you're going to see Jaron Hall playing in Vegas. Um, this team now has a harder road, but it's not impossible to have Jefferson back. If, if Hall plays well, the defense is playing great. Uh, so yeah. all credit to Brian Flores for what he's done this year. You know, I do have to say, too, but not all those four interceptions were all of Josh Dobbs' fault. Um, I think Jordan Addison still has some growing to do. Yes. Um, you know, if that were Justin Jefferson with that wide open thing, he, he would have – Run in. He would have made. He would have been physically aware of where his feet were. Things like that. I, I think he's going to be a fantastic, fantastic player, and he already is a good player. Um, but there, there's with, with the ball is near your hands, you got to catch it. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to move on quickly to the Minnesota Wild. Dean Evison gets fired. I picked up my newspaper on whatever it was Monday morning. And I saw a Sarah McClellan story with Dean Addison basically ripping on his players and they got to get better. And I thought, okay, he's got about a week left. I was way overestimating how much time he had left. He got fired. <laughs> he got fired later that day. Uh, it's to me, I think Dean's a good coach. I just think this is the way the NHL works. If you don't win after about three years, you're going to be out the first time something goes wrong and they've been playing terrible lately. 
They've been playing terrible, and it's just the the way it's going. You kind of had a feeling that it was going to come, you know? First yep. of all, you can't fire the players, you know? Second of all, it's the coach's job to get the players to play better. So it's kind of that catch-22 when you've been around, like Dean has been around. I think it was just like Michael Russo wrote it, and it's like the, the next day. It was like, is he on the hot seat? Boom, yeah. Um, but we all kind of felt it coming, and I, I like Dean as a person as well, too. But you got to make a change if you feel that you have talent on this roster. I know they're hamstrung by contracts. We've heard that over and over again, but still that's the reality. So we also have to play the season under the constraints that we're in right now. So they, they get John Hines and you know, the NHL also likes to recycle coaches, you know? So here he comes around again. He used to be with the predators, the devils. Um, but people are like, Oh, well, so, you know, wonder why Bill Guerin went with this guy. And if you really dig into it, he's a new England guy, just like Bill. I'm sure they run in the same circles. Um, you know, he went to BU though, Bill Guerin went to BC, but when it, you really look down deep, John Hines, who also has USA experience and he was an assistant at UMass Lowell and Wisconsin. And, um, but in 2009 and 10, he was a Scranton Wilkes-Barre. He started off mm-hmm. as an assistant coach and as a head coach. And that's when Garen was in Pittsburgh. So you yep. know they know each other. So if you're going to make a coaching change, you go with a guy that has experience, especially when you're hitting December. When you, you know, you're waning days of November. You don't just bring up someone maybe from the, from the A and throw him into a situation that he hasn't handled before. Right. And now he gets to see if Hines is the right guy here. And if he's not, then he can do a full-fledged coaching search at the end of the year and exactly. hire somebody else we're very familiar with because that's the way the NHL works. There's always There are always five pretty good coaches sitting around waiting for their next job. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I, you just can't tolerate a seven-game losing streak with pretty much the same team that was you know played well the previous two years. I, I just think the NHL, it's an intense sport. They're always intense. They have meeting after meeting. They have practice after practice. They're always on small planes together. They're in hotels, small locker rooms. And if you start getting sick of the coach's voice, he's done. Right. Right. And he used to, that was what Dean Everson had going for him. The players loved him, you know, listened to him, loved him. But, you know, once you lose the room, it's hard to get it back. No doubt. Uh, it looks like Chris Finch has the room. The Timberwolves one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Uh, they're playing phenomenal defense. Gobert is healthy and playing well. Towns is having an all-star season. Edwards is a half step better than he was last year. They have a solid, exceptional nine-man rotation. This is going to be a fun season. Yeah, I really love it. And you know what? What I really love and we haven't seen in years now is the defense. And I know every single time we get on this podcast, we talk about it. But I just want to go down like some of these accolades. They're they're number one in field goal percentage allowed. Number Mm -hmm. two, defensive rating. Number three, points allowed per game. Number three, defensive rebounds per game. And number four, blocks per game. Unbelievable. When you're like, is is this the Timberwolves? Because, yes, you can have high-flying guys and, 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 and get points which you need, but you need to back it up on the other end of the court. And I love seeing that. No doubt. All right. Uh, What do you have for us on the topic of women's sports this week? You know, I love this new professional women's hockey team that Natalie Darwitz is now the GM of. That's come. That, so they have training camp that's going on. Great Zumwinkle and other players. It's going to be 
almost every single big name woman's player that you have seen from the Gophers or elsewhere is going to be on this team. And I just really like how it's a rejuvenated league and the it's called the PWHL. I'm still waiting for it. It's PWHL Minnesota. Still waiting mm-hmm. for the, the name to come down. But I don't know about you, Jim. I'm really re-energized about it. And I have always been a Whitecaps fan. I, yep. I love how um, it's gone down through the generations. Just the history of women's hockey here in the state is fantastic. But now, just how they're just how they're structuring salaries, just how they're they're building this. I have hopes for this. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm glad Nat- Natalie Darwatt is invo- and involved. I enjoyed doing the stories I did on the Whitecaps, but I think this has a chance of being bigger and better, which is what we need in women's sports. Uh, every week we will highlight some women's sports. This week we're also, it's all women in sports as our guests this week. Uh, we've had great great guests throughout. We've had Laura Oakman, Katie Storm, Audra Martin. Uh, we have we have. Um, I'm missing some. Oh, Andre Yacht recently. We had Vanita yep. Sakar. We had uh, Mike Trico, Jack Jablonski, Mark Rosen, Chad Greenway, Jim Cott. We've had incredible guests. Thanks to Dawn uh, and Katie Storm's going to be a lot of fun today. Uh, do you have a, an FTG this week? Oh, an FTG. I do uh, if you don't. Yeah, I do. And right now, because I, I only had three hours sleep, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm going back from the, the, to the, the Denver guy that got fined uh, for, you know, basically leading with the crown of his helmet. Yes. Yeah, you know, that, that keeps like it keeps happening over and over and over again. FTG. Come yeah. on. It, yeah. The, and you doesn't what, need that. And and. The NFL's done. I, I'm always highly critical. I've always been highly critical of the NFL and the way they've handled player safety. I think they've gotten a lot better at it. They've gotten 90 percent of that out of the game, and they've proven that players can tackle without leading with the head. So when somebody does it now, you know it's intentional. Intentional, and the fact that it's not called, or I don't even yes. get me started on that and how yep. that could change the game. Um, I, d- I think, and you know what? Recently, officiating FTG. Yes, <laughs> it's, right? it's bad. Oh. The game is just too fast for these guys. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And don't even get me started on how come it was intentional grounding for Josh Jobs, but not for Justin Fields. At the that was a bad game. call. There's uh, no doubt it was a bad call. Yep. Yes. I don't know if that, I don't know how much that would change things, but it was a bad call. Uh, okay, we want to get to Katie Storm. I want to let you know that we are sponsored by Rudy Luther Toyota, longtime sponsor of women and women's sports. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also want to thank All Energy Solar. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project, home, office, or both, from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. Great stuff, uh, Don, and uh, looking forward to this conversation with Katie Storm. Well, this is a part of the show that's always my favorite. My goal for the month of November t- was to have Wovember. So all women, November, and women broadcasters, because I think there's so many tremendous women in Minnesota 
giving their all that need to have a light just shine right on them because they're amazing. And today we have Katie Storm, who is joining us from Bally Sports North. She does Twins and Timberwolves. I'm sure you have all seen her awesome work. So Katie, thank you so much, first of all, for coming on the show. And I have to, in full disclosure, say Katie used to intern at Fox 9, and now she's this shining star, and we had absolutely nothing to do with it. So (laughs) welcome to the podcast, Katie. How are you? I'm good. You had everything to do with it. Come on. I, uh, yeah, I love this setup there. Thank you so much for the kind words. And when you were talking about Wovember and reflecting on the great women here in Minnesota, I went right to that internship, Don. You're certainly one of them. I get to work alongside a, a handful of greats uh, at Bally Sports North, of course. And I'm really lucky to be a part. Such a great group of women, but such a great, yeah, just. Uh, industry of broadcasters here in Minnesota and all throughout the nation. So happy to join you guys and talk a little bit more about all that. I'm so happy because I want to give a little background. First of all, a native Minnesotan. So that is great. And you come from a family where I'm telling you, growing up with your dad in politics, obviously, if anyone listening, Tom Emmer, you had to learn a lesson in how to handle people in public right away, I'm sure, right? So getting into this business, you already had that side of it. Does that kind of come into play now that everyone here in Minnesota gets to know who you are and you know how to handle that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think just from a standpoint of um, having parents that are mentors for you and teaching you right from wrong. And I uh, was fortunate to, and still unfortunate to have uh, parents of my mom and dad here in Minnesota helping me out, whether it's about sports or reports or anything I'm doing or just, yeah, simply how I hold myself. I will say a big thing with uh, growing up, my upbringing was the only girl in the middle of six boys that taught me how to be competitive too. So that was, um, you know, within the sports world growing up at uh, Delano, go Tigers, little shout out there. Go, go. And um, later on in life, still being competitive within myself, trying to always improve. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's sports is the world for me. Love the people in sports, love the fans and the interactions. And yeah, just love being here in Minnesota. You know, I think that's one of the things that why we got along so well. I'm the middle girl of four. I have four brothers, so I'm the fifth right in the middle. And Ann Carroll also was the only girl with all brothers. So you learn how to be a little rough and tumble. You learn how to be competitive, but you also learn how to get along. And I sometimes always say if there's a big group of men that I don't know and a big group of women that I don't know, I will go over to the men first because that's kind of what I'm used to. How about you? (laughs) I would have to say the same. Yeah, it's definitely a comfortability. I'm pretty lucky though later in life, Don, because I have six brothers and I just married um, a couple years ago now. I've inherited six sister-in-laws. I couldn't believe it on our first date. My now husband, Ben, was like, I have six sisters. And I said, in my head, I did not know you existed. So I do have a great balance now. I kind of gravitate towards groups of women or groups of men because I just am lucky to be able to have both. (laughs) That's so awesome. That's so great. Now, when I said off the top that we had nothing to do with your success, I mean it because 
And back in 2018, I remember you won the top collegiate broadcaster award, the Jim Nance Award, when you went to St. Cloud State, which is a phenomenal school to learn broadcasting. And we used to watch you do the Husky productions and the sideline reporting. St. Cloud State is a powerhouse. Uh, Anna Baining, she is there now. She was our intern. But what did you just get that fire lit even more so when you went to college or did you already have the dream going into St. Cloud and said, this is what I want to go with? Yeah, um, I would say just going back to the competitive edge in me, um, playing sports growing up, I knew I wanted to, right around the college decision time, I knew I wanted to continue either playing sports or have a career that involved something around them. So that's kind of how I developed this dream of being a broadcaster. And I couldn't have asked for a better dream to be able to stay involved um, with the action of a game. Uh, And then leading to your next point with St. Cloud, it kind of just popped up. It was actually my dad who went and toured that facility out there. Um, You know, a year before I maybe went, they just invested a lot of money into their television production program. And I couldn't describe it any better as like after I made that decision, it was a kid in a candy store. You have cameras everywhere. You have podcast setups. You have all these different studios. And oh, you also have a a large amount of airtime to be able to develop a show if you wanted to. So it was really a dream for me to be able to, you know, dip my toes in a little bit of everything, try out news, see what it feels like to blank on a prompter and, you know, (laughs) even fail at times. I think that's really important as a student. There's times where I'd go back to my um, college apartment and just think, how in the world am I doing this? I mean, I'm like (laughs) messing up left and right. It's not a fun feeling as a human, but in those early stages, it was so important to know what that pressure is like and to be able to bounce out of it. And yeah, I just think the biggest thing is the effort you have to put in. I was just very lucky. I preach that all the time to students now, just, you know, put the effort in, you have to want it. You have to see what it's like to sit in that chair and um, yeah, go through the motions for sure. So it was a great step for me. Grateful to have that award later on to put the cherry on top in that experience. But about St. Cloud always, they definitely were game changer for me. You brought up something that made me go, oh, that's like the worst when you blank for the first time, whether it's a live shot without a prompter or whether it's with a prompter. And nine times out of 10, people are listening. You don't know. We write what's in the prompter. So you've already written it (laughs) nine times out of 10 and you can't even read what you wrote sometimes. Um, I just know this, this is Jim will remember probably too old for you, but there's a Brady Bunch segment where Cindy, you know, the, the young girl, she's on a, some sort of game show and the red light goes on and she blanks. Right. And they're just like trying to give her the answer, like Baton Rouge, Cindy, Baton Rouge. And she's just staring at the red light. I remember the first time that happened to me and it seems like it's an eternity, but sometimes people at home are like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't even notice that but we notice it. What, do you remember like the first time it happened? You're like, oh my gosh, I think I just stared at the camera for like an hour. Yeah. And you know what, Don, I don't think it was not noticeable because I dropped, <laughs> I dropped my shoulders, just clearly dropped my shoulders in frustration. And I just was like, oh, okay. Um, what are we doing next? And just the sweat, like just sweating, just getting all blotchy and just powered through the rest of the sports segment. Um, and that was just, I, yeah, I still remember, I don't even, I think I maybe cried. I mean, it's, it's really frustrating to see or taste that failure, you know, just to go through that and just 
almost second guess what you're doing in that uh, major or <laughs> what you're doing in that chair. You're like, this is a bit harder than I thought. But, um, you know, then again, look, like I said earlier, looking back, it's experiences like that, that kind of, you know, you want to get back up on your feet. You want to stay competitive. Like I said, is, you know, really strong within me. Another experience was just Husky production, uh, Husky productions, I should say that you mentioned earlier covering the hockey team. I was a intermission, uh, host for one of the seasons and there's situations where we're a student run broadcast. I mean, everyone's so incredible, but things do happen where they're like, well, we lost our feature. So come back from break and talk for two minutes <laughs> and you're in a mid panic, the early stages still of learning how to deal with this. That's why it's so important to sit in that chair, Don, because things like that still happen. We have rain delays with the twins. We have things that aren't working. I mean, even this year, Milwaukee Brewers, twins were on the road and it was too hot out in Milwaukee. So the cables were out. We didn't have a feed and you just have to like, you have to learn how to tap dance. That's important no matter what. So yeah, I can't say enough about how those experiences really help you in the long run. My very first situation with that is when I was working at Nesson and it was a college broadcast and I was host of Hockey East and this is how long ago it was. Uh, UMass Lowell, they were changing their mascot and they were hatching an egg, and I'm not lying, on center ice for the <laughs> River Hawks to be born, right? And like there's dry ice, there's this fog. All of a sudden, Rose Marakian, who is still a director at Nesson, says in my ear, uh, we, we lost the feed down there. Don, you, you got to fill for two minutes. I literally, and they said, but talk over the video. I had to make up something about an egg hatching on oh. the ice with the, the, you know, the river hawk has, has been born. And this is the, probably, I'm thankful that there probably wasn't social media there. It's probably the worst <laughs> two minutes. Someone will drag it up, I'm sure. But it taught me like, yes, in a moment, anything can go wrong. And when they tell you, you got to fill, you got to fill. Um, so now I always come prepared with talking points and this and that, and you know more, but as a young, right out of school, I'm like, what? So yeah, I'm That's sweating a great just story. thinking of it. I'm just, I'm <laughs> but just Don, how much, it. how much do the reps even help too? Right? Like you don't want to be in that situation all the time. It seems so horrible in the moment. I mean, you're not going to have reps about laying an egg probably, but to be in that situation, to have the countless reps, now you know what it's like. Now you know how to be prepared. That's that's, that's oh, yeah. key. It takes something away from it and you can look back and laugh. You know, that's it's great. like when people say I have a job, it's better than digging a ditch. I'm, and when people say, oh, that show wasn't bad. I go, nope, I wasn't hatching an egg. And they're like, what? I go, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, so a lot of people know that you, you're here and you're now one of the huge stars in Valley Sports North, but you also left for a little bit and you went to Philly. And you got to cut your teeth when you go to Philly. It's a whole different ball of wax when you go out there, the people, um, the whole sporting world, and you rocked it until COVID kind of came along. So how was that experience going there, covering the flyers and, and learning the ways of the East, so to speak? Yeah, it was real. I mean, you know it well out there, Don. It was so much fun. Um, loved the East Coast. I went out there with, you know, a, a passion that I still have with the sport of hockey. I said my six brothers earlier, that was our sport growing up is is hockey in our house. And I knew there was going to be some familiarity in Philly just with the way they're so, you know, football, they're passionate about football, but they're also passionate about every single sport in that city. And I knew there was going to maybe be that same love for hockey as in Minnesota 
that there would be out there in um, Philadelphia. And, and that was the case. I mean, they loved their hockey. It was a great season. It was a great team. I loved the access to just hop on the train and go to MSG um, just to see a preseason game. Like you can just bop around anywhere in the East Coast. One thing that was a bit of an adjustment for a Minnesota girl was the East Coast driving and the hawking <laughs> styles. They do not do, a, you know, here in Minnesota, you know, you just kind of do that little, that quick little second tap, like beep, like go up oh, the light screen, you know, you like the yeah. oh, oh there too. Sorry. You have to say, oh, and out there it's like. It's like, it's a language. It's a language. Absolutely. And it's kind of like a good stiff arm hold on the horn for a little bit. Um, and that's okay. I adjusted. Uh, (laughs) there's still, (laughs) I I actually liked how efficient the East coast was. I'm like, yeah, we got places to be, but offensive and defensive driving at the same time. That's what it is. You know, you have to be proficient at both. Uh, but it was just, you know, the, with, away from that, the sports environment. I loved um, kind of the complex they have out there with every single arena basically on the same square, the same quadrant, just about. It's pretty close. But um, like I said, great team. I I loved working with some great analysts. And then, yeah, COVID hit, and that was a bummer. But I, I had to learn how to, you know, be in on a live station, I guess, over maybe roughly an hour a night just with the sponsors that they had. So mm-hmm. there was that earlier in the year, but then, I mean, all of us, we were talking before we recorded today about adjusting to COVID with technology and, you know, these podcast microphones and how it kind of expedited that process. Well, for me as a young broadcaster, I also had to learn how to do the same. Um, so COVID hit and there was, you know, just an un- un- uncertain time um, coming back home. I actually was in Minnesota for a majority of the time, still basically doing the Flyers podcast and doing a lot of those things, but, um, yeah, life changed quick. And I, I ended up back permanently in Minnesota and then a position opened up here. It's pretty wild to think of everything happening kind of for a reason, you know? Um, but it was a great experience that I, I truly believe if I didn't take that leap and it was hard, it's hard to move to a city that you're unfamiliar with, that you don't know a single person, um, in, but it was so worth it for me and, um, grateful I made that leap for sure. Yeah, I think that's the underrated thing that people that aren't in this business don't get, that moving to a totally different place. Um, I didn't know anyone. Well, Pat Borzy was here. He's uh, a writer. And I remember when I first moved to Minnesota, I kind of blasted out there on social media, like, I'm moving to Minnesota and I don't know a soul there. So, hey. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm here, D. Mitch. And I'm like, wow, why are you there? He goes, well, I'm, I'm married to, you know, columnist Rachel Blount at um, – at the Star Tribune. And I was like, wow, like he's an East Coast dude. I'm like, if he can handle it, I can handle it. Um, but I knew them. That was it. Two people when I first came here. And I literally hadn't seen them in maybe 15 years. So uh, you do have to take that leap. And then, it, like you said, you're in a weird way, karma, fate, it all intertwines and you end up where you're supposed to be. So I'm happy that you're back here. So now you're back here. Your family loves it. You're married now. You're expecting your first baby. So much to be thankful for. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Yes, it's it's all just, um, I, yeah, I couldn't be more grateful to be home. But yeah, this next step I'm really excited for. So we are uh, awaiting an arrival basically any week. Uh, due date's in a few weeks, but we will see what happens. So. (laughs) 
Oh, do you know the, I'm, I'm not going to ask, but do you already know if it's a boy or a no. girl? It's already, oh, you don't? You're gonna it's our surprise, surprised. our surprise <gasps> holiday baby. We will, we will see. We have some feelings that, ch- I mean, it changes for me on the daily. You really don't know, but it's been a fun, a fun question mark, I would say over the last several months. So we're looking forward to finding out. <laughs> we're looking forward to all of it. How is it to be on uh, camera and, you know, those first few months where you and your husband or your family may know, but you don't want people to know, you know, you're kind of doing like the creative, like lowering the chair at the desk kind of thing. <laughs> like, I don't want people to know or let them think I've gained some weight for a little bit. It's kind of, you know, because you want to protect that and keep that for yourself, right? Until you're ready right. to tell the world, but you're on TV almost every single night. So how is that to deal with? It's a great question because it's almost like I wish I had a manual in the moment. I'm like, how do you do this? And then I I don't want to talk to anybody about it because, yeah, it is just the family's news. Um, It was right around the twin season. So I I just remember trying to get through as many games on 85 degree days wearing blazers and Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing whatever I can. But you know what? Really, I just going through this process, thinking about how many women do this, whether they're in front of the camera or just in an office or just doing any basic job. Um, any, I should say career path at all, um, is just being able to still operate with, as far as your brain function, because for Mm -hmm. me, there was multiple times where, yeah, your brain just kind of blanks and there's nothing you can really do about it. And it's kind of like, you can't use any sort of excuse to anybody and you don't want to anyway, but you know, you're just kind of like, well, this is going to be a long day, (laughs) but, um, yeah, those, it's definitely a great, uh, it's just fun to look back on because in the moment it's kind of hard or what to wear or yeah, it just, it, I would say with baseball too, it just every single day you have to, you know, kind of grind and find an outfit. And um, there's nothing better though than being able to finally share. And Mr. Right. Tim Laudner's like, I knew it. I knew it, <laughs> he, he, you know, from the beginning. But, and uh, thankfully he said nothing <laughs> beforehand. That is I the know. worst. <laughs> yes. Yes. He was taught well, but he, uh, yeah, he definitely, you know, it was fun to share with all of them and, you know, hear what came out later. But Tim, I was working with alongside every single day. So yeah, he went through a lot of it, but it was, uh, it was so fun to be able to share it finally. Cause that was, it felt like forever, but well, <laughs> it was a good how time. How about that twin season though, that you had a power through, you know, I mean, it's better when like they're playing so well and, and they had that stretch down the end. So how great Absolutely. is it to be a part of this past season for you? Oh, I just love that team. I love uh, the staff. I'm sad to see some of these pitchers go, but you kind of expected stuff to happen and move around. It was a special group. Um, I loved the acquisition of Pablo Lopez and just what he brought to the team as far as his performances on the field, on the mound, but like also the fishing vest. Great idea. Yeah. The guys loved <laughs> that. There was just such a strong camaraderie with that group this year. I was very, I, I'm sure as all Minnesota fans, I I was very devastated in a different way. I mean, when they, when they, um, obviously the season was over and that final loss came to Houston, it was just like, I kind of believed, I believed more, you know, and you're just, Oh, it was so sad, but at least something to hang your hat on is breaking that curse, ending that streak and, um, looking forward to seeing what they can do next year. But you're right, Don, it was absolutely in no way. Like I, I would say it recharged me to go to the, um, to go to target field every day. It was a fun team to cover despite, you know, how I was feeling on the daily, but yeah, it was just, it was a fun season. I think we can all agree to that for sure. 
Well, if you were to give advice and it doesn't have to be people always say, what would you tell a young woman? I'm like, this is what I would tell a woman or a guy. What advice now that you've learned is probably the top thing for someone trying to get into sports journalism to begin with, but second of all in television. Yeah, I feel like I have two parts to that because firstly, I mean, when I'm going to what you said for a young woman, woman, like that kind of standard advice I've always preached is to not say no to opportunities because I think that's so, um, so true. So important to, you know, embrace really any opportunity and that kind of still holds true today. But my second kind of um, more fl- or what word am I looking for? The way my my advice has developed in a different way, I would say, is to just be prepared for your career to maybe um, just be unexpected. Different opportunities to pop up. I talked about COVID; that was unexpected for a lot of us, and you just never know where it's going to lead you. And now I'm I'm doing basketball. Like that has been such a fun <laughs> new challenge for me. Like the Timberwolves are a great team and. Just being open, I, I guess, for the sports world, for me, being open to any sport and opportunity in that way, but also just be be capable and willing to ride that wave and just see where it ends up because it's been so rewarding for me to do just that. Um, so it'd be kind of those two, uh, in two parts, those pieces of advice for me. Yeah, you bring up a great point because people automatically assume, oh, so you're, you grew up playing basketball and you're a huge basketball fan. And you're like, well, I mean, I like basketball, but I loved hockey the most. Just because what we loved or played and what we did growing up doesn't necessarily dictate what we cover. So that's great advice. Like, be open to it. If they say, hey, you know what, Katie, we're going to have you host this boxing show. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you learn that's everything exactly that you can, right? Absolutely. Yep. And you know who I think back to a great mentor, another Minnesota, great, a great girl, Jenny Taft. I mean, she did so many of those things for Fox. She's doing, um, I'm probably saying it wrong, but the robotics stuff. And I feel like she's always, you know, the dog shows, she's amazing at being versatile. And so that's kind of, um, yeah, who I, who inspires me in that way as well. Absolutely. And I'm telling you when she did that interview in soccer in French, I was like, that is my girl right there, right? Just showing every, just go out and do it. Be prepared and wing it. I I always say, you know, we talked about that blank stare and that, you know, what you learn from that. I also learned that people at home, when they're watching you, they don't want you to mess up. But if you do, they don't want you to make them feel uncomfortable, right? So I've learned if you mess up, you just keep going or you make fun of yourself, You know, so people say, oh, I don't know if I can try new things or I don't know that sport. What if I mess up? Well, what if you mess up? You know, people at home (laughs) would be like, oh, my gosh, did you see what Dawn just did? That's hilarious. Rather than, oh, she kind of had this awkward meltdown. You know, (laughs) you just learn to just go with it and to trust I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing. I know I can handle this. And if I make a mistake, I just make a mistake. You know, one of my big mentors would say, listen, we are not brain doctors. We are not neurosurgeons. Our patient doesn't die when we make a mistake. So keep it in perspective. You're doing sports. People are tuning into you to be entertained and informed. But if you make a mistake, the patient didn't die. So remember that. And I was like, oh, that kind of took the pressure off. You know, not like, oh, it's just sports, but to keep in perspective, if you make a mistake, you just keep going. 
And so I, I would say that for me, I'm like, oh, that just took a load off my brain when I was in college. Like, oh, okay, if I mess up, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. I was in Chicago once and they took us live. We had this, like they called the, it was like the, looks like a pie chart. So basically what was live on air was not live. What was going on? It's weird to say. So they had, you know, it was, so you could be live. I could be going to record something that's going to be there, but I'm like live to tape, but something is already going on live. So it, it could be a mess already. And I'm putting my microphone on up under my shirt and that someone hit the button and I was live. Like I was live, live with my hand up my shirt, put my mic on. And I just like, looked like, what would you say if someone walked in when you were doing that? Like, hi, <laughs> hi, how are you? Pardon me for a moment. And I just put it on there and people like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like you, you just have to handle it rather than being awkward. Like, oh my God, what's, what's going on? So people were just like, was she just putting her hand up her shirt, clipping on her mic? Yes, I was, you know, like, hi, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> popping in right now. And da, 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 we'll be back with more after this. And then we went to whatever programming we're in. So I just, I find that when you are on air, I don't see mistakes, but you're so natural that you just kind of have to go with it and glide with it. And when did you feel like you turned that corner where you can just, you know, not go home and cry, just be like, nah, and brush it off? Well, thank you, Don. I try my best. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny how you're your biggest critic for sure. You know, you think you messed something up. Like you said, ha- like people most of the time at home have no idea. And it's like in the moment, it seems like, oh, that was such a big flub or stutter, or I forgot something for a second. And it really ends up not being that big of a deal. But to answer your question, I would say um, Philly. Philly was, you know, going back to being on air for over an hour, sometimes at night um, or during the day, just the post-game shows or pre-game shows. It was a lot of fill. And there wasn't time to think or dwell about something that I messed up because there's a commercial break. There's probably four more segments. You have to get back on. Like I said, you have to get back up on your feet. Um, you know, and that was a really good way to learn is just being like, there are going to be more and more reps. There's no time to think about this. As far as just here now in Minnesota, there might be, um, a game or a post game or a uh, post game show, I should say that, you know, something I'm like, Oh, I, you know, that didn't say that the right way. Well, I have another game either the next day or the day after, multiple opportunities, um, you know, to just not have to think about that and put it aside really quickly. So I would say just here in Minnesota too, um, it's just learning that there are so many shows and days and games to not think about things so much that, I mean, you really don't have time in this industry. And you reminded me of another point that I will just add is that early on, I think just in college, when I, when I mentioned, you know, we're coming back from break and we have nothing. So you need to talk for two minutes. It might be easy as a person in front of the camera to get frustrated with a crew. Like, what do you mean you don't have it? Like, what is going on back there? The early stages in college, working in a control room and recognizing, because it's easy to maybe think you're the person on TV, you're the, you're the face. And there's part of that. Yeah. You're the one that's, you know, having to make things look good if things go bad, but everyone's job is so hard. I mean, everyone has a difficult task night in and night out. And if your producer isn't getting back to you in your ear, chances are there's a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. 
So just kind of just recognizing that everybody's got a difficult job to do. So whether it is like, oh, sorry, Don, we took you on camera when you're adjusting your microphone. Mistakes happen as well behind the scenes. We're not all perfect. We're a team. It's still the team sport um, within this industry. And so that also helped me too to just recognize, you know, be nice to everybody around you and recognize that everyone's got a difficult job to do, whether they're in front of the camera or behind it. Yeah. And it's helpful sometimes if, if people can do internships, um, cause I started behind the scenes, you know, so sometimes, you know, like, oh, okay. I had an A2 guy teach me all about mics and this and that and levels and, and mix minus and all that stuff. So when I finally went on air, when I, I knew how to communicate to the, the engineering staff, like I have a mix minus issue and they're like, oh, like how did the talent know that, you know, as a young <laughs> person? Well, cause I was behind the scenes and then I produced. And so when you get to know all the moving parts, I always liken it to it's a team sport. Being in broadcasting is a team sport. I could be perfect. I never am, but I could be perfect. But the audio, there could be a cable that goes out, you know? So the whole production, you're all a team and you don't cuss out a teammate. You don't do whatever, you know, you're like, okay, so that wasn't perfect, but we made it work or to have all the moving parts in unison. Sometimes it's like, you get that high after a broadcast like that, you know, where the mics were great. Everything was rolled. The video was perfect. You know, you just like, it's like you're riding this high as a team. Like, yeah, that was great. Cause that's your, that's your finished product for the day. But if it's not so great, like you said, Okay, we have tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. that, we got it on the air. We have tomorrow. So I I always love that when when people say, "Wow, you know, h- how do you like in playing sports to now being in broadcast?" And I said, "They're my team now. Like I can't do this alone. I need a producer, I need a director, I need someone with audio, and my mic needs to work. It's there's so many, you know, when things go wrong, and people just see the the exterior. I think years ago, it was me and Jeff Passolt, and we were recording something, and we're, do, we're kind of doing it. Well, we did it live, but they're recording it for later. So for people at home, it's live to tape. So we're doing it live, but they're also recording it so they can show it on a different day as well. So we're live, and we're doing it uh, doing this little bit. And I remember we were talking about, uh, so Justin Verlander's wife is it Kate Upton, is that her, the model? I think that's yes. her name. So we were talking about Justin Verlander and, and Kate, um, you know, Upton and blah, 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 blah. And so it was supposed to be video of her at his baseball game cheering. Instead, someone had draw, just dragged over Kate Upton video and it was a video of her in a bikini kind of dancing seductively. And Jeff and I had to like ad lib, like pretending like we're not looking at that. Right. Cause we're like, we're live. Like, so blah, 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 blah. And it wouldn't go away. So in my, my ear, the producer's like, okay, go next, go to the, um, to the Zach Parisi story. And so I'm like, well, moving on to the NHL, we don't have Zach Parisi. And there's Kate Upton still doing her bikini <laughs> dance. It was brutal. Right. So anyhow, it ends up on like Yahoo bloopers. And someone says to me, Oh, have you read the comments, which is a big no-no, but I read the comments and goes, yeah, that blonde, she doesn't even realize that Justin Verlander is a baseball player. She starts saying in the NHL and then Zach Parisi has nothing to, I'm like, you have no idea what was going on in my head. 
Like it was pure chaos going on in my head right now. And Jeff and I were just trying to ad lib around it and try not to be like, this is not, I don't know if this is PG and, and, uh, let's just kind of get out of this and make a joke out of it and move on. So a lot, (laughs) there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and people only see like that little bit. So you just have, like you said, you're all a team. You just kind of have to go with it. And now you can at least look back and laugh in the moment. It's probably a bit frustrating. You're like, ah, why did that happen? But sometimes in the moment you're like, what, what was, I didn't even know. I don't know what just happened. Like, what was that? And so then you go back you're like, oh, and then you see the comments and I'm like, yeah, the only, it's like, once in Chicago, it's like, okay, we don't have that video. Go to the Cubs. And I start, and so in the Cubs game, well, we don't have the Cubs either. Go, go back oh to gosh. the Blackhawks. Um, well, we go, finally, I, you know, you just have to laugh. But I had this on tape and I would bring it to colleges and I'm like, this is when everything goes wrong, how you don't handle it, you know? Um, yeah. They're like, we'll be right back after this. You know, sometimes <laughs> things just go wrong. You just have to tap dance, tap dance, tap dance. Well, well yeah, even my, I was just going to say too, I even have friends that you're doing the on-camera stuff, Don, but also listening to a producer and operating as a regular functioning human, not yes. very easy to do either. So <laughs> you have to give yourself credit for being able to, Take in a producer in your ear and talk at the same time. A lot of my friends are just like, how do you do that? I'm sure you get it too. But that's yeah, also credit. It's, uh, there's some horror stories on that too when you first start. Do you have do you have, have any of those? People love well, to hear those. You for, well, you forget that your mic is hot. So when my producer in Philly, Joe, said something, I was like, oh, we're going to that next. But my, my, camera, my mic is on while the analyst is talking. And you have to learn how to do sign language when you're off camera to the camera to say thumbs up. That sounds great. We'll do that next or cut or something or repeat it. So that was my little story on that. I just getting used to not being able to respond when they're talking. You just have to. But you yeah, kind of like to- turn to the camera and do that nod, <laughs> you know, people yes. like just think they're smiling at you at home. You're just nodding to your producer. Just like, nodding. Yes. Please repeat. Yes. But um, yeah, you rely on them tremendously in a post-game show. Like I'm sure you do as well in a newscast or the Vikings game day live. I mean, you're just kind of like depending on them on where you're going next um, as far as what sound you have or if you're going to break and mm-hmm. they don't say anything that's also really hard so you like it when they talk for sure I once um, there was a post-game show for Hockey East and they didn't tell me about so we're in this makeshift locker room you know which was basically the umpire's restroom and um, you know so <laughs> um, so not only did they come in and use the facilities while I'm live on air and you could hear the flush, you know, it, no, was, Don, it was, Oh no. yes, 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 yes. It was, it was, um, hilarious. Cause there was a, sign, a makeshift sign TV studio, but they don't know these refs have been going like we're in Maine at the time for 20 years. Right. But that wasn't even the worst. This has all happened in one game. So they bring in, in, in intermission and I have to interview this defenseman from Maine. And so he sits down and I was, he was giving me amazing answers, but not to the questions I was asking. So I would ask a question, something about the power play. And he's like, yes, the fans are fantastic, blah, blah. And I'm like, and he was a great speaker, but I was like, okay. And then I went to the next one and I, maybe I'd say something about the fans and he would talk about the power play. And I did not know what was going on. So then the PR guy said, I am so sorry. Like he pulled it off this kid. I can't remember his name. He said, he's dead in that ear that I sat him next to. So we're in this room, oh. you know, there's flushing going on. It's, you know, it's those tiles or whatever, you know, ceramic walls. And 
God bless him. He did not hear a word I said. So it was a great interview, wow. but it was like comical. So it's that kind of thing. I'm like, what? And then once I also had a, a director talking uh, talk in my ear the exact same time for the exact same length of time that the athlete was answering me and they both stopped at the same time. And I thought my brain imploded. <laughs> like I had no idea what the guy I was interviewing said. And I had no idea what the director said because it was yes. all at the same time. And That's then, and then they too. both stopped. And I just went, well, thank you very much. Like He could have said, I do not like you and I will never be on a show again. I'm like, wait, thank you very much. All right, back to you. So oh. yes, just crazy stuff. There's so much joy in in this industry. It really is hysterical. We we make it, we you know, make TV, but there's a lot of funny things that happen. And I love your stories. They are they're tremendous. That's great. Yeah. And then you're like wondering how is this person sane? But you know, you you do, you love it. <laughs> you you every day is something different. And I just want to say I am so proud of you. I I love your work as a fan. I adore you as a person because I know you. And I'm just I'm just really proud of the career that you're building and have built already and the work that you do. Thank you, Don. Thank you very much. And right back at you. You've always been one, you know, I grew up in this state and I grew up a, as an intern with you too. So you've been there from the beginning and it's been great to have mentors like you in my corner for sure. So thank you. All right. Well, I can't wait to see you as a mom in your new role and then back on air. So it's just going to yeah. grow from here in so many different ways, my friend. Thank you. All right. Well, that is Katie Emmer Storm. Katie Storm, you can hear her on Bally Sports North, Twins, and as you also heard, Timberwolves who are having one heck of a season. But so if you haven't had a chance to tune in, check her out and Bally Sports North and whatever adventure, because she is open to them all that comes her way. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again. Oh, it was great to catch up, Don. Keep up the great work. You too.